Welcome back to episode 142 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week seven. Now, I need to say right at the top that, uh, well, thanks to the dedication, support and signups at Draft FC, I was finally able to trade in my 10-year-old laptop um, for a brand new one this weekend. And obviously, having been out of the new laptop game for around a decade, um, I hadn't really factored in that some of the newer models don't have the good old-fashioned USB ports. So... Um, about five minutes ago, at the point of uh, preparing and about to record this episode, I realised that I couldn't connect my uh, my microphone and audio interface into the laptop. So I'm currently recording on my trusty iPhone. So apologies in advance if the sound quality isn't up to usual standards. I will look to rectify that next week. Um, although I have thought actually that um, it could be quite embarrassing if the sound quality ends up being even better this week. But we'll see. So, game week six last weekend was a good fun one. The North London derby uh, didn't cause me too much anxiety. Some good games in there. And then obviously capping things off with a huge score um, in the Sheffield United-Newcastle game. 8-0 away for Newcastle, um, which is going to skew their points and underlying stats pretty much the whole season ahead. So we're going to have to always bear that in mind when we're judging their players now. Um, but yeah, huge performance there. Sheffield United firmly in the sites when it comes to targeting fixtures from week to week along with Luton and uh, Burnley all the newly promoted teams and I will touch on that in this episode in just a minute. Now I'm recording this episode on Wednesday the 27th of September so we did have some League Cup games last night and there are some to play this evening which I think will impact our plans for the weekend ahead. So some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Jacob Ramsey, Manos Solomon, uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta, plus many more, so let's get into it. So let's start with Waiver Watch. The main players that were coming in last weekend were Huang, Trossard, Neto, Doku, Douglas Louise and Lamptey. So generally some good moves there. The players making way were Rico Henry, Wan-Bissaka, Jordan Ayew, Foster, Robinson and Alexis McAllister. Let's look at the fixtures then, and obviously the pressing matter for this weekend is the first double game week of the season, and it falls to Burnley and Luton. Quite nice that this fixture has been rearranged so early in the year, because if this was thrown into a mix of other fixtures later on, it would probably have been overlooked. But draft managers have been thrown a very interesting question this week, which is whether or not to pay these fixtures any attention. So Luton have Everton away, then are at home to Burnley. Burnley have Newcastle away and then travel away to Luton. So let's start with Burnley, who will naturally look more attractive. Uh, away to Newcastle is definitely the hardest fixture out of this set and very low probability um, of getting any more than ones and twos from any of the Burnley players in that game. Luton away to Everton, on the other hand, that is a much kinder fixture for Luton and they need to be targeting games like that if they're going to have even the slightest chance of survival. I commented in pre-season that their away form last year was better than their home form and the crowd at Goodison is really in no fit state at the moment to carry them through games, although they will be a little bit more upbeat after their impressive away win at Brentford. 
Combine this with a home game against fellow relegation battlers, Burnley in midweek, it is a huge week for Luton in setting out their stall for the season. Burnley will have Foster back in contention for that second game against Luton, which will be a boost for them. Last season in the Championship, Burnley got a 1-0 away win at Kenilworth Road, and if they could do the same again, would give them a huge boost in trying to lift themselves out of trouble. In my opinion, I think it is worth targeting uh, these teams this week in draft, at least just for a defender or maybe a midfielder. Defenders in particular this season are really all blurring into one and what I thought in the summer about the general stock of defenders being lower this year seems to be holding true so far. Plenty of clean sheets in the way of a pile each week uh, and not always being able to guarantee returns from the supposed stronger teams. I'll discuss some individuals uh, in a minute but I think one of the keys here is that getting someone you're confident will play the two games otherwise you've just brought in a Luton player for a single game which on the whole would be considered a total waste of time. Elsewhere, Aston Villa are entering a nice prolonged fixture run, starting with a tougher test at home to Brighton this weekend. Forest have uh, a nice little trio of fixtures at home to Brentford this weekend, away to Palace, then Luton at home in the next three, so there could be some options there that interest you. And off the back of that big win uh, away at Sheffield United, Newcastle, similar to Villa, are well into an extended good fixture run, which you could feasibly ride right up to Christmas time before a bit of a trickier festive period. Lots of Newcastle players, as I said, will be showing very, very high in the form books after that huge result. Barnes's injury means that there are less selection headaches for us to navigate at the moment. It sounds like he's going to be out for a few months. Um, and also, if you just wanted to look at them very short term, this weekend at home to Burnley is a game really they should boss. Spurs, despite Liverpool, this weekend is also a good time to move in on them. Um, any players that could be lurking in your waivers after this weekend they play Luton away Fulham at home Palace away Chelsea at home Wolves away Villa at home Um, so decent games there which you can ride right up into December if you're thinking very short term just for this weekend then West Ham at home to Sheffield United looks nice as does Everton at home to Luton so into the main section a very small mention to those who own Johnston Um, I think owners can relax a little while with regards to that Palace goalkeeper headache. Henderson was forced off with a muscle injury in their League Cup game last night. Still no firm news on how long he'll be out for. Um, But yeah, I think Johnston owners can uh, can sleep easy for now. Into defence and mainly going to highlight the West Ham defenders this week. A relatively settled back four always makes draft managers happy. And as I've already said, home to any of these newly promoted teams is the fixture to look out for week to week. And West Ham do look reasonably good at the moment. Zuma has quite high ownership, above 50%, while Aguerd, Kufal and Emerson are far less commonly owned and one of them should be available to get in most leagues. If I had free choice, uh, I probably would take Zuma from his uh, heading threat from set pieces. Otherwise, Kufal would be my standout as he probably carries the most attacking threat from the others. Into midfield, now as a Spurs fan, I still don't really know how I feel about Manuel Solomon or where he really fits into the squad. He does a fine job on the left, but the downgrade compared to the other attackers is very obvious. Now, with Johnson looking like he could be out for a while, Perisic's long-term injury, and then Richarlison seemingly still not fancied to start games as the number nine, by default, it more or less leaves Solomon to start on that side. Personally, against Liverpool, I would move Son back out wide and start Richarlison. But in Big Ange, we trust, and it seems a start for Solomon could be more likely. Now, I know Liverpool isn't the most exciting fixture, but even if you can hold on the bench this weekend, the potential gains next week away to Luton are worth moving for now. 
Across the other side of North London, and uh, Fabio Vieira for Arsenal is the player I'm going to talk about here. Lots of injury doubts this weekend for Arsenal this week. We should get a couple of clues today or tonight when they face Brentford in the League Cup and we can see who is fit enough to play or even just sit on the bench. Generally speaking, I don't think they'll risk anyone that has any kind of question mark over them because they've got Manchester City the week after. Um, so don't be surprised if the likes of Martinelli, Saka, Declan Rice um, all sit out until that City game. Their Champions League game in between is away to Lens, which should be pretty easy for them to manage with the rest of their squad. Lens have only managed uh, one win from six in the league so far this season, so I don't think they'll pose too much of an opposition. There are other options. Uh, Reese Nelson could start, Emil Smith-Rowe could be given a game or two, but given how much Vieira has featured over the past few games, I'd expect him to play over those guys. Away to Bournemouth isn't a bad game for a team that can blow anyone away on a good day. So I mentioned Villa's uh, nice run of fixtures starting, so I'm going to mention Jacob Ramsey. I had a look at Ramsey's ownership map so far this season and was pretty surprised to learn that even in 11-team uh, in leagues, which is my main league size, Ramsey's ownership hasn't dropped below 25%, which is incredibly high for someone that has been confirmed injured from the start. So lots of managers there who put a lot of faith in him on draft day and have held him to now. But yeah, he is now back and as you know, remains a draft fan favourite for many of you out there. I'll be honest, I've never been a huge fan of him as a draft asset. I don't think I've ever owned him, so that might not help. His record last season was was good though, six goals and eight assists puts him in that awkward value territory between someone that you hold and somebody that's in and out of the waiver pile. To say those fixtures are very good from here. Brighton at home is the next one a little bit tough from a result perspective, but you know Brighton's defence hasn't been watertight, and so you'd still fancy an opposing attacker against them. Whether Ramsey is ready for that, we'll have to wait and see. You know the League Cup game tonight could be uh, a way to ease him in. Um, if he does start that, then I'd be surprised if he started in the league next weekend. But yeah, if you're looking at the next two to three months, definitely worth considering now. And you can ride him pretty much down to game week 14 quite comfortably. Then up front is uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta. Um, I have to wait and see what news comes out uh, with regards to Edouard's injury. But it's from the sounds of things, it looks like a, he's pinged his hamstring, which would rule him out for at least a few weeks. So should pave the way for Mateta to get a few starts in the team, at least uh, up until the international break. They've got United away uh, this weekend in a replay of their League Cup match from yesterday and then go uh, and then have Forrest at home, which um, so definitely not the worst two to own an opposing striker in. Now, Mateta hasn't scored so far this year, but does already have three assists. Definitely worth a grab if you've been scrambling around in the waivers for strikers each week. Although we have to take it with a slight pinch of salt due to his relative lack of minutes, his expected goal involvements per 90 has been the highest of all the Crystal Palace players so far this season. I grabbed him last week um, and then hearing Edouard would now miss some time through injury was absolute music to my draft manager ears. Not that I wish uh, any ill will on Edouard. Into Hidden Gems, Cabore uh, for Luton. I did mention a few last weekend. The uh, talk of the town in normal FPL circles, and I've said it before and I'll probably say it again, if a player is getting noise for the standard FPL game and they're generally available in your draft league, it tends to be a good sign. As I said last week, he's probably their most threatening player going forward and I'm pretty sure the stats still back that up. Got a very fortunate assist last weekend, or an FPL assist anyway, for the handball decision. But yeah, I think grabbing him for this double, not a bad pickup. You're mainly doing it for the chance of an assist more than a clean sheet. Um, but a good player, good fun player to own for the double. 
Elsewhere for Fulham, I'm going to highlight Bobby Deckard over Reed. His ownership is around 10% in average size leagues. And according to Fulham's underlying data, um, like if you look on understat, he is their most uh, threatening player in terms of underlying stats so far. Got two home games now coming up against Chelsea and then Sheffield United. So decent opportunities for points there. For City, uh, Rodri will now miss the next two games after a silly red card. So he's out until uh, after the international break which means they should be now uh, going to have to rely on Matias Nunes to continue deputising for him. Not a massively inspiring pick, but he's definitely got the potential for a few assists this season, um, particularly with the way he can carry the ball and surge up the pitch. Wolves away also means that the uh, elusive expected narrative stat will be high as he faces his old teammates, which always adds some extra spice. Collier show for Burnley is another one that's had a bit of chatter in normal FPL circles, which again is a positive sign. A good fun pick for this double. I did uh, talk about him last weekend. I think out of all the Burnley attackers, given Foster's uh, ban for this game, um, he's definitely the go-to if you want a little piece of that. For Brentford, uh, a player I heavily previewed before last season, um, but didn't end up featuring nearly as much as I thought, is Lewis Potter. Now, he came into the starting lineup when... Um, Shade got injured in the warm-up and there's a chance he comes in to the starting lineup again this weekend for larger leagues could be uh, a fun short-term punt to see how he does and then speaking of punts the situation up front for Chelsea remains uh, pretty desperate at the moment not helped in any way by uh, Jackson somehow accumulating five yellow cards from the opening six games so he will now miss the uh, their trip to Fulham through suspension. We did see Armando Brogia come on towards the end of the Villa game um, when they were down to 10 men, so not the, the easiest uh, situation to, to judge him in that context. Um, if they want to continue going in the same sort of setup that they have been, then um, you know I would expect Brogia to get a go. And if he scores, well, I mean, what does that do for um, for their prospects moving forwards? You, you know, Jackson has hardly been convincing and if Broja was able to score, it'd be hard to say that he can't get a start in the game after. And if he was able to put a few returns together, then could really cement himself in that team. And we know um, with Pochettino that he's exactly the type of player who he will judge on his performances. And if he does the business, he will be in the team. For my most hidden gem pick this week, um, I was nearly going to go Ryan Giles for Luton, but just not convinced at all that he's going to start both games. So I'm going to go a bit more boring and uh, go with Jordan Bayer for Burnley um, for their double. On the get rid list, Barnes is on there after his uh, injury to his toe. Sounds like he's going to be out for a while. And Shed for Brentford. It sounds like he's going to be out for a while having to have an operation on a muscle injury. In terms of trade talk on the sell high list this week, I've put Calvert-Lewin. He scored in their impressive win away at Brentford, but I'm still not convinced he is up to a long, full Premier League season. There will no doubt be managers in your league that are keen to upgrade in the striker department. And if you can sell his upside, um, I would just see who you could get in return. On the buy low side, um, now last week, Kralish appeared on the list and he then came on for a bit at the end of their game. So he's firmly on the radar now. Um, Watkins was the other name. He scored his first goal of the season in their 1-0 win. So we probably need to take those two guys off the buy low list. The main one I'm going to highlight this weekend um, was someone who had a lot of stock placed on him on draft day, and that's Gabriel Jesus for Arsenal. Now, he's not an elite cutthroat striker, but he's definitely not as bad as some are making him out following the big chance that he missed in a North London derby. If he stays fit from now, a minimum of 15 attacking returns will come. 
so around one in two. But the ceiling remains more than 20 with, you know, a few big halls scattered in there. Owners could very well be getting cold feet, but it doesn't change um, the striker landscape in general. So you'll probably still need to part with a half-decent striker or offer a significant upgrade um, in, in midfield, for example. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that waivers will be processed on Friday morning at 11am UK time ahead of game week 7 with the opening game, the lunchtime kickoff between Aston Villa and Brighton, which should be a fun game to watch. As I said at the beginning, slightly unnerving recording all this uh, on my phone, so I'll try and wrap things up quite quickly. Um, but give us a follow on Twitter or X uh, at draft underscore FC and use that to message us if you need anything. Um, head to draftfc.co.uk and sign up there. You can sign up for a free trial if you've never used us before. Loads of stuff on there, which I won't go into now, um, but you can explore for yourself. And of course, if you're a fan of the podcast, then uh, please do give us a follow and review on whichever platform you usually listen on so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they come out. The other thing I'll also mention is last week uh, I had some time away and was able to be around on Reddit on the on the draft EPL subreddit page there. Did a bit of an AMA which went down really well actually. It was quite surprised how many of you uh, messaged on there. I might do the same thing again tomorrow if I've got the time so maybe keep an eye out on that. And if you haven't checked out um, the draft EPL subreddit before is a really good source of uh, information and debate. Lots of people posting questions on there and answering um, likewise, the Discord, which you can access uh, through that subreddit too, with lots of uh, activity on there. So best of luck ahead of Game Week 7. Uh, I'm going to go and check out on uh, Amazon now how to buy some USB adapters. And until next time, stay shook. Sure.